Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily. Today is Monday, May 18th, 2020, and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we release a new podcast where we go through the Psalms, and our hope is to meditate on God's Word and just to seek to do it together. We're going to look at Psalm 32. Psalm 32, this is part two. Last uh, week on Friday, we looked at two verses, but now we're going to kind of walk through the rest of the psalm. And so here in Psalm 32, just a refresher, David is confessing sin. And this, the context is for him and Bathsheba. When he, you know, stole Uriah's wife, he sleeps with Bathsheba, she gets pregnant, he has uh, Uriah murdered, and David here is repenting. And so last week we looked at just like the, the blessing Oh, how happy is the man or blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. And and this week, we're going to look at the process of repentance, the process of repentance. Psalm 32 is this beautiful layout of what David walked through as he repented. And listen, as you and I repent, and we repent often, as we say, God, I just forgive me. As we walk through this, I want you to see like a really healthy process of repentance. So here we go. Psalm 32, verse three, the first thing we're gonna look at, there's four parts to this. Honestly, in this Psalm, four parts to repentance. The first one is conviction, conviction. Psalm 32, verse three, David says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away Though my, through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Selah. Three times in this Psalm, David says Selah, which we talked about earlier. And that just means stop and meditate. Stop and think about what he just said. So he said, my bones grew old. They ached. They wasted away. Um, all day long, he says, your hand was heavy upon me. I feel dry. Your hand was heavy upon me. I was dried up as just the heat of summer. And he says, stop and think. David is saying, before we rush into the next thing, I want you to pause. All right. I I love this word of just stop and think. This is something we need to do. Listen, David is saying, I feel sick. I just feel so sick. I feel dry. If you ever wonder why you feel dry spiritually, this is I think this is a big reason. There is unconfessed sin that David has walked through, that we have walked through, that he just feels dried up. Like, why am I not hearing from the Lord? I feel as dry as summer. My bones hurt. My body, I feel sick to my stomach. You know, have you ever felt so sick and disgusted by your own sin? Like you got almost sick to your stomach by something you did. Um, I've, I have felt this way. I felt so sick about things I've done where it literally just kind of makes me sick. I was talking about this with Kimber back in the day about how just sin kind of ruins you and makes you feel sick. And she told me the story that I thought was cute. And I'm going to share it. Uh, she's like, when I, she told me when she was in fourth grade, um, you know how you take a partner or a test with a partner and they grade your paper, you grade theirs. Well, the person graded her paper and then she got it back. She changed the answers to what it really was and then raised her hand and told the teacher, the person who graded her paper, graded it wrong. And the little girl was so sad and crying. And so Kimber lied, made this little kid look bad in fourth grade to get a better grade. And um, she told me how she, you know, went home that night on her bed. She's crying. She felt terrible. Her mom's like, why are you crying? And she tells her. And so her mom makes her go in, tell the teacher, confesses. And the teacher made her apologize to the girl. And then she got a zero. And I love it because she told me, she's like, and I felt great. I felt great afterwards. Even though I got a zero, even though I had to own my mistake, I felt so much better. You know, it's true. You just feel 
sick when you sin. You feel terrible. Uh, but there's something about confessing that e- even if you, you don't necessarily want to, um, and even though it's painful, it's so freeing. Conviction of sin can just bring emotional sickness at times, even physical sickness. David was probably physically sick from his sin, and he just couldn't get away. He, he felt sick. You know, Charles Spurgeon says this. He said, God does not permit his children to sin successfully. I love that. I don't ever want me, my life, my son to sin successfully. God doesn't want us to sin successfully. We usually are miserable people to be around when we're in sin. And if you've ever been called out on it, there's just something about it. Listen, Hebrews 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. It's because he loves us and he pursues us. He doesn't let us get away with sin. So once you start getting away with sin, then I would say that's when you need to worry. David sinned, but he didn't even know it. You know, St. Augustine, or however you want to say it, Augustine or Augustine, St. Augustine said, the beginning of understanding is to know thyself a sinner. The beginning of understanding is to know you're a sinner. That's, that's when you begin to get it. Once you know you're a sinner. He's like, first thing you need to know is you're a giant sinner. Many of us think because we haven't done maybe some terrible big sin, we're good. Not true. Um, again, Augustine actually kept a, a copy of Psalm 32 over his bed to to remind him of his need for God. I thought that was so interesting. Uh, but you see, David was dry spiritually. He hurt because of his unconfessed sin. And so if you feel dry, listen, Proverbs 28, 13 says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. We cannot <clears throat> cover our sins. We must confess. So first thing is this, conviction. Number two is then confess, confess. Look at verse five in Psalm 32. He says, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Do you hear that? He's like, I acknowledged my sin. I did not cover anymore. I confess, I will confess and you forgave. And then again, at the end of verse five, he says, Selah, stop and think. You know, this word uh, confess or confession in Hebrew, it actually carries the idea of an open hand. They just had their sins like open-handed to the Lord. Like, here it is. Here's my sin. And, and I love this in verse five. He's like, I will confess like in this present tense. Like, I will continue to. And you, you forgave them past tense. I will confess and you forgave. So I will continue to forget for two confess and you forgave. What happened? David confessed and and God did not torture him for a little while. God did not just make him feel feel terrible. You're the king, which he probably already did feel that way. God just forgave the iniquity of his sin. He forgave. Not to go do 10 Hail Marys or to go climb Mount Everest or whatever. He just confessed and was forgiven. God was more eager to forgive his sin than David was to confess it. Please hear that. I think God is way more, obviously we know this, but he's way more excited to forgive us than we are to confess. But once you confess, he forgives. David again said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Impute is charged to our account. Blessed is the guy where God does not charge that to our account. 
Um, you know, I here's the thing. When it comes to confession, there's just something inc- incredibly freeing about this that brings intimacy. You know, I remember when Kimber and I were dating and when we were really getting close to the point of like, I, you're my husband, you're my wife. And we're like, there. Um, I obviously said, you're my wife. But when we were getting to that place, um, we had a, you know, a, a couple different times where we would just talk about everything and we would confess everything. And I, I wanted her to know everything good and bad about me. And she wanted me to know everything good and bad about her. And even though it was painful at times, and when you do confess to this extreme, um, it brought such close intimacy. And there's something about confession that brings intimacy. It's like, here it is. And and do you still want me? And God's like, yes. Listen, it is, it is, um, if you confess, you are forgiven. It's just that clear. It's te telestai. It is finished. It's forgiven. Confess is this word in Greek, which is, I think, pronounced like homologeo, which just means um, the same, which means the same. It means I am going to spark, speak with articulation and I'm going to verbalize exactly what the Lord says about my sin. Uh, I'm not going to try to diminish it. I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm not going to try to lessen it. I'm not going to try to justify it. It means I agree with God and and I say, God, this is what my sin has done to me and and this is what it's doing. And, and you're just confessing, you're agreeing with God about your sin. It's it's the same. It's to agree upon the same thing. Listen, confession just brings liberation to the sinner. It just brings liberation. It just frees us. I mean, in Luke 7, Jesus said, the person who is forgiven of much loves much. I mean, Jesus gave a beautiful parable of of just how a person was in debt 50 denarii and a person was in debt 500 denarii. And he goes, both men were forgiven of the debt. Who's going to love more? And like, obviously the one who was forgiven of more. And Jesus is like, good job. Good job. You get it. Confess. You've been forgiven of much. Don't think you're the person who's been forgiven of 50 denarii. I've been the person forgiven of the 500, the 5,000 denarii. And that just brings such liberation. If I'm constantly confessing, um, I realize how forgiven I am. And if I'm not, I probably don't realize how forgiven I am. I don't realize how good God is. We need to practice confessing. There's there's a privilege of confessing. We're already forgiven, but there's something like, even in marriage, your wife will love you, your husband will love you for better or for worse, but you still confess. It brings intimacy. And so, listen, David had conviction in verse 3 through 4. In verse 5, you see confession finally. And number 3, listen, the third thing, the process of repentance, you see cleansing. There's conviction, there's confession, and then there's cleansing. Verse 6, it says, Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And then again, he says, Selah. He says, you surround me with shouts or songs of deliverance. In Psalm 51, it describes his loss of joy and song. And David didn't sing when he was in sin. And now, now he has songs of deliverance. There's a song again in David's heart. So there's, there's cleansing that has taken place. Let me tell you, once you confess, there will be cleansing. And maybe you haven't been able to worship recently because of unconfessed sin, but you will be able to once you confess. God wants to turn your sin into a song. That's the point. Listen to that. David's like, God, you turned my sin into a song. God wants to turn sin into a song. 
And that's such good news. He will turn your sin into a song if you confess. And verse six, but it makes it clear that we must turn to him while he may be found. It's interesting. If you want to go back and look at verse six, he's like, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you when you may be found, when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. And he gives certain like word pictures to us that we should like pay attention to. This flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. I mean, this is a picture of Noah how the people had several times to repent and they didn't, but then the flood came or like Pharaoh, he had several times to repent, 10 different plagues. And then finally a flood takes his army away. I mean, he goes, there will come a time when you won't be found. You better, there better be repentance while he can be found. If there's breath in your lungs, repent. I mean, that is the point. Don't just wait. Don't push it off. Don't be like the people in Noah's day. Don't be like Pharaoh. Repent while you can, confess while you can, because listen, there will be cleansing. And, and this is so key. David's like, my, my, I, wasn't, I wasn't able to sing. I wasn't the psalmist I used to be, but you've given me, he says, shouts of deliverance or songs of deliverance. And number four, it leads to this. Again, first there's this conviction, then there's confession, then there's cleansing, and then you have confidence. After that cleansing, People who've been forgiven and really get it, they're they're finally confident again. And this is what we see in verse 8. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And here's David, who's basically speaking in this way, but he's saying, God's going to instruct me. God will guide us. God will guide me. And he's saying, I have confidence now because I'm not alone. I'm not left to myself God leads me and guide me, guides me. And listen, sin will always call, cause a breakdown between you and God. And yes, Jesus forgave us of our sins. But if we want that relationship that we used to have, confess your sin. You will be cleansed and you will be confident. If you're sitting here, or not here, but if you're sitting in your car, right home, wherever, uh, and you're thinking, um, man, I, it's time for me to confess. I, I'm where David was. David waited, what, a year before he confessed? And, and you're just thinking, I've, I experience this sickness, this dryness, this unconfessed sin, the things I do at night and don't tell anyone about, the things I do with this person that no one knows about. I just feel sick to my stomach and I can't go on. I, I just hate what this does to me. And there's just some things in my life. Listen, um, I want to end with verse 11. The way David ends this is the same way he kind of begins this, which is just praising God. And he says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. David can claim to be upright in heart because he realized he's forgiven. Yet his heart is wicked. Yet his heart has led him astray many times. He was also the man after God's heart. And he says, you know, all you upright in heart, you can be glad, you can rejoice. Allow this time for you just to be open and honest with the Lord. Rejoice, shout for joy, confess. Listen, the process of repentance we see in the psalm. Deep, deep, deep conviction. Deep conviction. Then there's confession of sin. And then we saw this cleansing that takes place. He's able to sing again. And then we see this confidence of God's going to lead him and guide him and instruct him. And listen, that's what we see. Listen, I pray that if you need to repent, you would that you'd walk in freedom, that you'd walk in victory, that whom the sun sets free is free indeed and not walk with a sense of shame or guilt or condemnation because there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, to those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And I would say, listen, walk in confidence 
Church, we need to walk in confidence. I need to walk in confidence because my sins are forgiven because of Jesus on the cross and I can boast in him. There's this process. If you never feel conviction, my heart breaks for you. I'm concerned for you. If you feel conviction, but it never leads to confession, my heart breaks for you, you must confess. And you will experience the cleansing and then you'll experience the confidence. That wave of guilt that comes over you when you sin, you have a wave of confidence that comes over you when you confess. Church, I love you guys. We love you. We miss you. Uh, be connected. Again, join a digital group. Mine's tonight. There's many happening all throughout the week. Sign up online under House to House. Find that leader. Find that day that works for you. Be a part of it. And guys, if this has been a blessing to you, please share this podcast. Encourage people to just take a listen, to find just food for thought for their day. And uh, we love you. That's it. God bless you guys.